Hey there, welcome to the show. Wow, I can't believe it. Here we are, basically the end of August, you know, and real estate markets all over the map, lots to talk about. And it just happens to be that time of month where we have the real estate talk triangle. And this month, uh, joining me, a uh, great panel of guests, and I uh, can't wait to introduce introduce them to you. But before I do, I want to start off by saying thanks to everyone who joined us in person and on our webinar on Thursday night for our Simple Seminar webinar. It was a lot of fun and great to meet so many of you and for so many of you to tune in. You know, when we talk about investment real estate, to me, it's one of the most important things I think families should own. And I think that most people get that impression when they listen to me speak that when we take a look at the actual nuts and bolts out there, but what's going to happen to the economy, what's happening to the world, the fact that we just don't have any inventory, you know, it really does get me excited that, you know, we have the ability of bringing something to the marketplace that will allow people to, you know, actually maybe not solve the housing problem, but we could help people solve their financial problems in the future. And this is one of the most important things to us at The Simple Investors to make sure we focus on people's security. I mean, you know, let's think about what the next generation is going to be faced with. So during during our seminar webinar, you know, we had a great uh, participation. You know, uh, my staff did a wonderful job working with everybody here. And I got to tell you, it's a lot of fun. So if you missed it, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. You can, uh, you know, download it, take a look at, you know, what's going on. But more importantly, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., is the time for a very, very special release that we have. So we've got a, a new building that we are releasing. It's currently fully tenanted, as you know, with our program. But more importantly, it's the extra offer that we are putting in place tomorrow morning only. And it's the fact that we're doing what they call a mortgage rate buy down. So for those of you that have been in the industry for a long time, you know what that is. And what it means is that Right now, you know, most people, let's say you're getting around a 6.1, 6.2 interest rate mortgage. Um, what we do is we buy it down, meaning that we actually, you know, put uh, money towards it, which allows the actual payment itself to be structured like it's 3.99. And one of the reasons why I'm doing this is that I believe that everybody should have ownership of investment real estate. And, you know, looking at towards the future, it's going to be a lot tougher. You know, we've got so many issues that keep appearing. You know, recently there was a, a stat that came out that said one in five builders right now are canceling their developments. Um, I was just talking to a friend who was talking to one of the builders, you know, huge development up in the Vaughn area. Uh, they're going to shelve it for a few years, you know, thousands of units that are going to get shelved because, you know, people are looking at interest rates or they're worried about, you know, the actual economy itself. So when you start hearing the builders shelving units and we can't build enough, even with all the builders we have with immigration and the amount of new Canadians coming in and the amount of the people that we need housing for, this is very, very concerning. So for us at The Simple Investor, one of the things we wanted to be able to do is offer people the opportunity to be able to have ownership in a uh, very robust market um, consistency. And this is something that we offer. So... Again, signing up tomorrow morning, very, very important. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com. You can learn more about it, and you don't want to miss out this uh, very rare opportunity that we have to be able to help people, you know, get into the marketplace. You know, 
as I as I always talk about, and most people know, um, when we talk about real estate, government, influence, everything else, you know, the one thing is that I don't think the government should be weighing in so much, but I think they need to take responsibility. And with the most recent declaration by the prime minister saying that um, it, it's really not the federal government's, you know, primary, uh, you know, Thing that they should be working with is housing and and when i heard that i was very offended by it because when the federal government are the ones who control the population basically for allowing the influx of people and now they're saying they're not going to worry about the housing of the people that they're having come in i think that's a double-edged sword they're basically saying hey look at we're going to tell you how many people you're going to have but you got to solve the problem yeah but they're creating the problem and this is the thing i'm all for immigration i think it's very very important for any economy to have new people coming into the country, you know, more workers, uh, definitely, by the way, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I think they should just mandate that we have more of the tradespeople come in. You know, we, we know we have an inventory shortage. There, there isn't one for one second. Do we not think we have an inventory shortage? I mean, just take a look at the number of vacancies that you have if you're trying to rent right now. You know, in, in the GTA, you're, you're virtually running zero. So what does that mean? We just don't have enough properties. And then throw in the mix of, you know, throw in another, you know, million people. Guess what? It's only going to continue to grow. So again, the big picture, how I think we should be looking at it is, yeah, if you're going to open up the gates, then be responsible for taking care of the people that you're letting walk through there. And, um, you know, without further ado, it's time, guess what, to uh, get the real estate talk triangle going this month. And... Uh, real thrilled uh, with my two panelists joining me this month. I've got Tim Sirianos in the hot seat. Of course, Tim has been with us uh, for years, and he's just been away uh, this past month, so he is joining us again. Tim is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate as well. He is the pres was former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, also a former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And Bryn Lackey, she is joining us again. She joined me last month for the Triangle and Bryn is a uh, realtor at uh, Chestnut Park Realty, but you'll also catch some of her um, some of her articles at the Toronto Sun, and you, you're going to like them because, you know, she just doesn't pull any punches, and that's really important because here at the Triangle, you know what, we got to have a bit of fun, and uh, the two of you, welcome back, Tim. Uh, you're, you know, you look well-rested. Uh, great to be back. Um, did I miss Canada? Well, yeah, you know, but uh, the beach was nice. It's a great summer, but excited about the fall. Yeah, and Bryn, um, look, glad that you can uh, come back and, and, and put some input here and put a good flavor of what is going on. So today we're going to unfold a lot, obviously. We, we are going to talk about inflation, interest rate. You know, I will throw out some, you guys don't have to always add into the crazy government, uh, you know, conversation. <laughs> my tin hat is over in the corner. Uh, my producer wouldn't let me bring it in. Apparently it really screws up the signal, but that's okay. We can talk about so much more. Um, I'll start with you, Bryn. Uh, right now, marketplace, you know, you're right there, uh, right, living and breathing it as Tim does. What do you see going on? I mean, it was a very strange summer. I think um, you, you know, I think lost in the stories and the headlines, which I think the headlines get a lot of criticism, but they're not completely incorrect. We are definitely going through a weird period. Um, things were selling. At the end of the day, even with the market very quiet, you still had anything that didn't have a tenant in it had action. Um, the people are who are out shopping, they're not kicking tires. They're out because they haven't eaten. They need to buy something or they need to sell something. I think what we're looking at also is a lot of people waiting 
treating, you know, at least for me, I have small children, even all through growing up, New Year felt like September 1st when kids went back. I think there are a lot of people who are joining, you know, jumping back in after Labor Day. If you talk to us, any stagers, any sort of vendors in this market, home inspectors, they're all bracing for a very busy fall. Yeah. Tim, you know, you've been away for, you, you, you finally took a vacation. You don't do it very often, but upon your return, I'm pretty sure, I know, I know you never really let go of the pulse of the business, but, you know, upon your return, you know, reflection over the last, call it month and a half, what did you see in, in the stats? Well, it's real interesting because you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter where you are in the world nowadays. Um, one thing that uh, we've all gone through, you know, post-pandemic is this hybrid version of people not, you know, accepting you having a holiday or being out of the office. It seems like you're always in the office no matter where you are in the world, right? So I was not 100%, you know, away from what was going on. It was a regular check-in. What's really interesting about um, what the listeners, and I'm sure, you know, Vern, you're going to agree with me on this one, the amount of activity that happens in the market based on realtors actually being in the market, you know, uh, is never discussed, right? We are like, the market does not move many times because agents aren't working. And the summer, I realized that, the, as you said, Brent, the, the good areas, not tenanted, they were moving, right? Yeah. The outside areas of the GTA, not so much, right? We saw, a, you know, a tale of two markets. But one thing that I can share as a broker owner with 400 people is there were a lot of holidays. And when there's holidays, there's a lot, you know, less people actually pushing the envelope. And that actually contributes to the market taking a little bit of a pause as well. Yeah. You know, finally, we, it's that seasonality that, you know, for, for many, many years you could count on, you know, as a realtor, because as realtors, you know, when I was practicing, it was always, you know, go like go like gangbusters, you know, in the beginning of the year, you push it, push it, push it. It'll be a huge amount of closings. As soon as you get all the money in your pocket, you go and spend it on a holiday, you know, and then, you know, you come back at the beginning of school and you say, okay, let's get going again. And so it is that cyclical market that we missed in 21. You know, Tim, you, you, you touched on, you know, the number of agents that you've got working with you. And you did mention about the outer markets, but I'm going to tell you, you know, looking out like in right here um, near our head office in, in Burlington, I see way more sold signs than I see, you know, for sale signs. In fact, I was quite surprised at some of the houses that were selling, you know, go down some of the major roads, there was for sale sign, you know, the day before and now it's sold. And so I'm surprised even in that price point, you know, that million to two million price point is still very active. It is very active. I haven't seen it. I mean, once you get to a higher price point, it changes, right? But many of the outer areas of, of the GTA are more affordable, obviously, than the prime areas that are downtown in the city. So obviously, there is more activity there. Again, um, I do agree that there's a, there's a big anticipation for September being the time where people will really start uh, jumping back in they're you know, people have their rate holds. They're kind of thinking what's going to happen September the 6th. Is there going to be another rate increase? Um, but everything that we're seeing is, is going to be like, okay, the break's almost over. It's the first time in really three years that we're not depending on being, um, not locked down at the wrong time of year. This is the, this is really a seasonal market for the first time. It feels like to me anyway, it feels very seasonal the way we used to remember it compared to the last two or three. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, folks, we're going to go to a quick break, but when I come back, I'm going to have more with Bryn Lackey and Tim Serianos. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
and welcome back. If you're tuning in just now, uh, we've got our Real Estate Talk Triangle every single month, and my panelists joining me this month, I've got Tim Sirianos here. He is the broker owner of REMAX Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board and former director of the Canadian Real Estate Association. And, you know, somebody I love reading your articles, I've got Bryn Lackey here as well. So Bryn is with Chestnut Park Realty, but she also uh, writes articles for the Toronto Sun. And Bryn, you know, some of your some of your articles, I think, got, took a little heat this summer. I saw a few that, you know, and you definitely made some people think. Yeah. So so tell us what 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 is pro promoting people to, you know, kind of look at your articles and say, hey, what are you talking about? I mean, I think, uh, how do I phrase one? So I write an opinion column. I get to reflect on what I'm seeing out in the world, out on, you know, to use the world's worst cliche, boots on the ground in the real estate market. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're seeing headlines that, you know, all hope is lost and everything is terrible, it's been interesting because I can say, well, actually, you know, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm experiencing. Some people have not enjoyed me, um, I think, getting out in front of my skis and having an opinion on how our political leaders are impacting this housing crisis, which, you know, they're welcome to their opinion, but I certainly am to mine. Um, and yeah, no, I think sometimes people disagree with me and that's completely fine. Yeah. Um, but it's based on me being an active working real estate agent, interacting with clients and seeing the impacts of this housing crisis. And I, and I spoke on when things are up, I spoke when things were on the way down. Um, I've never been a market booster. I'm in fact often, you know, like old mother Hubbard in the corner trying to calm the kids down. But this is just sort of my perspective. And yeah, I got this little platform to share it. And I'm still surprised that people read it. <laughs> you know what? You've got some great points when you write. And um, so this is where I go, ding, ding. I'm going to take the political gloves off because you opened up a political door for a second. Uh -oh. I do have to talk about our federal leader. Oh, you know. Um, and so, Tim, when you were, I, I don't know if you were back yet, when Mr. Trudeau decided to address the nation by saying, that he feels that the it is not really the primary uh, reason that uh, for housing that the federal government should be addressing. In fact, he at one point said that the federal government has no carriage in that part of it. And I don't know where you hear because he did this right around the corner from from the office here. He was in Hamilton, and you know I sat there when I heard it. And, and to the point where I had my producers actually pull the clip and I had to listen to it a few times. And I, the other night during my seminar, I had to play it a few times because there is no way that, a, you know, a prime minister of our country should be saying that they have really no true involvement in housing. So I was not here, but it made headlines where I was. <laughs> okay. So it's remarkable how... Um, Canada is on the map. Like people are watching how we conduct ourselves. I mean, it's a Western versus, you know, every other part of the world when it comes to politics and the way people live. And um, it, it was, I mean, the BC fires were a big thing, right? It went where I was. Um, the fires in Quebec were a big thing. A lot of these things were there, but it somehow went back down to real estate because, you know, before the show, we were discussing about how rental markets in Europe are in a tough spot, like, like no different than here. It's not a local problem it's happening in many other places but they referenced our leader and what's going on and how government should be involved and not you know what's he talking about like not make having a, a solution so wrong reason to be you know covered <laughs> noted. Your, and noted when you're actually in a different country but yeah i it, it just popped up yeah. you know and uh, 
obviously the media there is is all over Instagram and other things. So we were able to, and that was, that was another talking point as well, right? Yeah. So yeah. So so let's let's drill it down though for a second. Um, you know, if you're if you're going to invite you know a million new people to come to the country, and you know you would express that you know the number's higher. You know, like we're not really giving Fed the the full number. You know, so let's say you know hypothetically go a million, two million, four. The government's opened the doors, opened the valves wide open, and yet they don't want to take responsibility for the consequences that this is creating. Well, I, I mean, when it comes to um, the real numbers, you know, I, I, I'm so happy, you know, inside that it's finally a conversation without taking the different light that it was initially, right? We're having a conversation about solutions here. This is not about immigration. It has to be about people living day by day. I mean, this is a real thing that needs to be discussed, and I'm happy to discussing it. I mean, you know, Todd, you're involved with, you know, building uh, beautiful spaces for people to live, and we're all involved to some extent in real estate when it comes to whether it's staging or getting homes ready for sale. And I have a list of contractors that I, that I regularly work with. I mean, this is a real thing. That's, it's a real problem. Just the other day, I had my electrician who I've used for the last 10 years tell me, I respect you. You're an awesome person. I just want to give you a heads up that in three months from now, I'm moving to New Brunswick because I can't afford to live in Toronto. Wow. So we're losing a trade from Toronto to a different province because of affordability in Toronto. So having a conversation about, you know, what is not being built, you know, are we, you know, are policies creating unintended consequences? How can we, you know, fix this, you know, find a solution? It's not a bad conversation to have. Actually, it's about time. Yeah. You know, Bryn, when, when we listen to, and, and I know you did weigh in on some of the, the you know, politicians on this, but, you know, the commitments and the, and, and the promises that they're making, they're impossible. You know, being in contracting uh, and, and, and building with things, I can tell you looking at the numbers, it's impossible what they're putting out there as a mandate to add to what our current issues are. And I almost would say that we don't, you know, people keep calling it a housing problem. I'm almost at the point now I want to call it a shelter problem. Like we're, we're, we're past, we're past a housing problem because originally the government wanted to, to paint it that, you know, the, the first time homebuyers, we've got a housing, housing crisis because they can't afford it. How about we just don't have enough of it to put the people in. And now with the, this many people immigrating, you know, we, we've got a problem where we're going to put them. Absolutely. And it's, it's a crisis of epic proportions and it's not alarmist to say that. Um, it's a compounding thing week over week, month over month, this is getting worse and worse and worse. And I think when you have a leader go out, a leader, by the way, whose party campaigned on solving the housing crisis, like this was what they campaigned on to then turn around and say, actually, it's not in our purview. That part was a bit of a gobsmack to me. I thought, ooh, okay, like someone's going to be upset, but they didn't prep him better for that. Hopefully that was off the cuff and that wasn't decided. And then, you know, two weeks later, in response to try to clean this up, they go on their cabinet retreat in PEI and come out with nothing to show for it, not even, you know, like a canned fake announcement, you know, we're going to reallocate bodies to CMHC to look at taxes. Like they, they didn't come out with anything. They just had great discussions were had. I think that that's showing us that they're not getting the magnitude of the problem or they just don't see it as theirs to own. And as long as that's the case, having reasonable conversations about what immigration targets can, you know, be reasonably upheld about um, the types of investments we need to be making into having literally shelter for Canadians um, is going to be ongoing. And you're seeing this, you know, trickle down to municipalities. 
Toronto is comprised now of people who cannot afford to live here. We have police officers, teachers, doctors, nurses. They're not living here. Electrician. Electrician? Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. when when it looks better to go to New Brunswick and you go, well, I probably won't have a family doctor, but still I barely have one here. Yeah. Away you go. Enjoy that $350,000 house. Yeah. And and again, as you touched on it, they didn't come out with a solution or, or even, like you said, a canned speech or just a little snippet that said, hey, we're even working on it. Absolutely nothing. Crickets. You know, and, and Premier Ford um, decided to announce that he's going to throw $1.2 billion at the municipalities to, to encourage them to work on development. You know, just so everybody knows, $1.2 billion at best, at best gives us 3,000 doors in a, po- in a population of Ontario of 16 million people where we're going to be adding five hundred to 750,000. You know what? That doesn't put a dent. That doesn't even scratch the surface of what we need as far as inventory. And this is, this is one of the hardest things I think that people have to understand. Tim, you know, I, I know when you were the president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, you know, you were connected to all the different levels of government because they were they were touching, you know, talking to you about what's going on. And none of them have a solution even from that. Uh, you were talking this whole time and I was it was I was going back to my data bank of my, my brain here trying to think of all the times that we begged for a direct, you know, uh, phone system between them and us as an industry. And this is not a Treb, you know, uh, you know, sponsorship thing. It's it's a huge board that has over seventy thousand members that deals with over a hundred thousand transactions a year. I'm talking about meet with Trep, meet with the Hamilton board, meet with the Oakville board, meet with all the boards across the Golden Horseshoe, and sit down and talk about the way Bryn talks about boots on the ground. What are you seeing? What kind of people are coming? You know, how are you seeing the rental market? There's there's like three um, uh, t- huge general meetings a year talking about the missing middle for the last eight years and it's still not resolved, right? So the, the conversation has to happen with local people. Yeah. With that, we're going to go with a quick break, folks, and stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're tuning in right now, this is part of the show called The Real Estate Talk Triangle. And my panelists this month, we've got Bryn Lackey. And just so you know, Bryn is a uh, realtor with Chestnut Park Realty. She also writes a great column with the Toronto Sun. And we've got Tim Sirianos in the other seat. And Tim is the broker owner of Remax Ultimate, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, and also a former director at CREA. And, uh, you know, folks, just before we went to the break, you know, we were obviously talking about our favorite topic, real estate. And, you know, I was bashing around the government a little not doing what they said. Cool figure. You know, it's not like we've ever heard that before. But more importantly, you know, when we talk about the, the, the actual housing issues and, you know, I, I'll start off with you, Tim. Um, you know, CMHC released a report that said for housing to become affordable, we need to build 5.8 million properties to, uh, by 2030, um, to make housing affordable. How is that, or why do we use the term affordable housing? I mean, I, I don't even know what that means anymore. I don't believe, uh, we've talked about this so many times. They got to remove that word completely from the vocabulary and the conversations because affordable means so many different things to so many different people, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, right now you have to look at, you know, how many properties you're going to build so prices don't continue to go up because you have a supply issue, which creates a demand. The demand is there, which creates pricing going up, right? I mean, I've been licensed in 1989. This is my 34th year in real estate. And I remember the tops turning off in 1989. But immigration stopped, global, you know, money stopped, right? There was no 
policies policies in place that controlled how many people, how many homes people can buy mm. with five thousand dollars per property. Yeah. There was so many things lacking at that time that don't lack today, right? So you know, to build, to to promise or to to make this request to build it without you know looking at the same root problems that didn't exist five years ago. For example, forget about immigration for a second. Continuously increasing development charges and adding costs to the doors that are being passed on to buyers. Mm -hmm. Right? Having a, a huge backlog of red tape where it takes three years to get an approval for a condo and then another six years to build it. You know, these are the things that they have to look at. There are solutions, mm -hmm. you know, and, I, and I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ring the bell for any other political party, but when you tie in uh, funds going to municipalities based on, you know, the red tape being removed, maybe it's time that the federal government that's in, in power right now look at those solutions and start implementing them before an election. Right? Yeah. Because this is the only way we're going to, we can't wait two more years of this before we call an election, right? We've got to do it now. So, you know, having now the city of Toronto talking about tolls on the Garden Expressway, you know, I mean, think about this. Like, we're, we're how much can you possibly tax the people of Toronto before they finally say, I can't take it anymore? I got a bill on my property on St. Clair, one of my offices arbitrarily without a CVA notice for an additional $4,000 in realty taxes. We reassessed you. We want four more thousand dollars. I mean, this is happening right now. People aren't talking about it. How is that a solution for housing? It's not right. So there are things we can do right away. And that is, um, we won't get the, that number. Like that number is like impossible, but at least, you know, we've talked about before in the show, which you've been, you know, really good at, you know, saying is let's get 50. Let's get a hundred. Let's get let's get the ball rolling at a higher percentage, and let's have a goal. Yeah. So, Bryn, affordability. You know, you know, I've talked about this before too, and we can sit there until we're blue in the face saying, you know, things are un unaffordable. You know, real estate has risen. Real estate's risen right across North America. You know, we 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 can pinpoint certain marketplaces, of course. Some have risen more than others, but when we talk about affordability, you know, we've got to take a look at supply chains. We've got to take a look look at labor we are going to seriously start losing the trades even just to retirement you know there's a lot of we're going to lose 30 percent of all the trades in the next 10 years due to retirement they're 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 at the end and you know they're even going way past it you know like i've got plumbers that are 75 years old they're still going um they they don't have a whole lot left in the, in the tank at this point you know they they're gonna retire but they're 75 years old because they're just in demand and you know, when you think of affordability, when somebody uses that word, what do you think? I mean, it, it's it's lost its meaning, right? It's this abstract concept of, you know, life in, you know, wherever you choose to live, being sustainable and you have the right to enjoy your life and have a family and you can, you know, just put your head down and have a nice go of it. Um, I think right now when you're looking at affordability, what we're talking about is almost sublime, um, the mortgages, I read something, there was an RBC report that the generation, so the boomers have the smallest mortgages, they have the most equity, they have the most like the co concentration of wealth, and that's largely from their properties just shooting up. Yep. You have the 35 to 44 year olds, so my generation, were the most highly indebted generation in history because, and that's largely tied to mortgages. Um, we have a different relationship with debt because we were conditioned, you know, we've come off of, I guess it was interest rates started really ticking down after 2000, 2001. 
So we've had we've sort of been conditioned to believe that the smart play was leverage. That you know if if you can borrow money and lease your car, why would you put up money? You know from savings, why would you save? You know you, you enjoy your line of credit, you live your life. That's how it goes. So I think affordability, just by any original metric, um, isn't even a standalone because life has also changed so drastically in how we sort of utilize. And then there's also the fact that we're in late stage capitalism where um, it's who are we prioritizing, right? You know, you have corporate interests that trump um, individual citizens and one need only go to Loblaws to see that. Yeah. You know, when, when the mayor, the new mayor of Toronto comes out and, you know, sorry folks, I'm not a fan, but the big thing is, is that she comes out, does a little jig, turns around and says, you know, oh, we're going to build 25,000 affordable houses. Okay. And then turns around and says in the same breath, you know, so people can go out for dinner and people can go out shopping. And this, this is where I get confused with these politicians trying to turn around and say, miraculously, we're going to cut the cost of rent or owning, you know, a property to a level that's impossible. Like Tim, like, like for, for, for that to be implied, you basically would have to go 20, 20 cents on the dollar right now. I just, yeah, these are sound bites of politicians just trying to get, you know, well, she was already elected. But there's a still sound bite, there. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to keep that. Stay there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do politicians sometimes say? You know, how do I win? And then as they're going to the to their thank you speech, how to win again? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I, campaigning already? Is what you're saying? Maybe I don't know, but yeah, these are things that um, uh, are attainable. I, I really like your comment, Brent, about what you said about late stage capitalism and everything else. You're so accurate in my opinion on that point. Um, there, the, the balance between you know. Uh, there, there needs to be more balance and more interest and more partnerships with private enterprise, you know, in, in the right way, you know, and that's what I think is lacking right now. Um, tax taxing, everybody is not creating more affordability. It's just going to make things a lot worse. Right. I, I believe it's the other way you have to go. I think it's time for, for government to realize that they are a business themselves, right? Yep. Income and expenses. And there's free enterprise out there with income and expenses. And maybe it's time that they actually go into partnership, you know, and try to build together, i.e., you know, purpose built rentals. You heard the comment, you know, with a really low interest rate, you know, yeah. empower private enterprise to put their, the risk in there, you know, help them get there, you know, like fund it, you know, so you can get them there. There, again, there are solutions, um, but this affordable word has to be removed because what's affordable? I went to the Niagara Falls. Just last weekend, after I came back, you know, I wanted to see the Peach Festival. To park your car on a city lot was $40 just to have a dinner. So think about that. You're going to park your car. The city there has a $40 fee so you can, to what Chow said, go and have dinner. How? <laughs> you know, it's impossible, right? Well, now they're increasing parking levies. They're going to, so this was the report. They want to increase parking levies to disincentivize people from driving. That's why I made the comment. And I'm like, okay, well, um, would be great if you got the TTC going where I wasn't worried that my children were going to see someone in crisis. Not, and I say that yeah. not like, I, of course, my children should see we live in a world and we have empathy and compassion. But at the same time, I don't want to be worried about what my kids are seeing on subway, right? Like, and that's the reality. That's, I never thought in a million years I would say, you know what? My kids love riding the subway. But last time we went, there was a guy literally like 
urinating in the corner, and that's not really ideal for. Oh no! But when my daughters got chased, that they were threatened to be killed on the subway. Yeah, I'm that father for the listeners to listen to. I'm that father who had that experience. Yeah, right. With that thought, and I don't want you to hang on to that because we need to talk more, more. and more to come <laughs> when we come back. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. So we're in the final segment of the Real Estate Talk Triangle and in the hot seats. I've got Tim Sirianos, broker owner of Remax Ultimate, as well, former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, as well as a former director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. And I've got Bryn Lackey. Bryn is a realtor with Chestnut Park Realty as well. You can catch her columns at the Toronto Sun. And just before the break, you know, um, the, both of you, you really enlightened me, um, you know, the, the suburbanite out here on what's going on in the uh, in the subway system and, you know, safety and a lot of things that, you know, people need to be concerned of. And, you know, back to the affordability aspect and what politicians are trying to preach. You know, we're, we're, we're going to struggle with this. And, you know, one of the biggest struggles, obviously, people are feeling right now, let's, let's you know, open up the, the real Pandora's box, is the... Um, Bank of Canada, okay, um, you know, they uh, they take a look at the inflationary numbers. Um, for those of you that, uh, you know, saw inflation go up in July, you know, I have my rationale uh, why it did and why it shouldn't have. But, you know, government gets all excited and wants to increase costs, increase taxes, increase interest rates. Hey, while we're at it, why not increase the carbon tax? Because it's a perfect time when you see the economy struggling and Canadians struggling to make ends meet is to increase your gas costs. And, you know, I've always said that I don't think it's the consumers really making the problem for the inflation. I think it's the government. And, you know, every single time you keep punching up those interest rates, you're going to have a trickle-down effect. Tim, you know, we're coming up to a meeting coming up beginning the first week of September with the Bank of Canada. A lot of experts are on the fence on what's going to happen. You know, I've, I love to keep my fingers on the pulse and, and talk to the same people that may have some insight and, and have some conversations to have a good, so I can get a good bearing on, on how to, you know, advise our team, you know, on the boots on the ground, right? I really feel that it is 50-50 for September. Um, I'm betting against it because of what's going on globally. Uh, obviously, we've heard the numbers out of China and their economy and one of their largest uh, landowners you know, not making payments and everything else. So that might be enough to put a little bit of a pause right now for this announcement, um, you know, moving forward, right? So if that happens, that's why early in the show, I really believed that, um, you know, September post summer break and everything else will have that, uh, that effect on people having a more, a mindset of more stability and knowing where they stand and what they want to do and to kind of move forward. You know, as Bryn said, there's a lot of home stages that are already pre-booked, so that's a good sign. So uh, I'll let her talk about that. But again, that's the kind of thing that we're hearing a lot of is, do I put the house for sale now or do I put the house for sale in September? And the consensus in our offices are all September. So we may see, uh, you know, quite a few people jumping into the market that time. So we've got a potential pause on the corner from Tim Seriano's Bryn. <laughs> and, you know, obviously... You know, you keep your eye on this kind of stuff as well. Um, and, you know, as a professional realtor, you're always keeping an eye out for your clients. What do you think? Are we going to see a pause or are we going to see them go a quarter point? I have zero reason to have an opinion. Like, this is not an informed opinion. So please do not quote me um, to your banker. 
Exactly. Um, <laughs> my feeling is that it's going to be a pause, and it's entirely based on the fact that the Bank of Canada is so politicized now, and we saw our government go out on a complete victory lap about how we were the lowest inflation numbers in the G7, and it was, and it was, it felt premature at the time. At the time, I thought, I'm not sure I would be, you know, air pumping. Um, air pump fist, fist pumping fist pumping fist, sorry I'm 100 um, actually air pumping is pretty good is too. that yeah that's right. air <laughs> pumping um, I'm not sure I'd be fist pumping because it seems a little premature because we had like one speck of good news and we're throwing a party but um, I think it's politicized enough that they're going to hold it I also think that right or wrong there is such real estate is such big business in Canada Canadians wealth is so tied in the real estate market that I do think that if they do bump it up quarter point from a sentiment perspective, it's going to be rough. I think this fall market will either be made or broken by the rain announcement. And I think that if we have a hike, sentiment will be bad. And I think that we will see a lot of sellers who anticipated a good fall coming. The sort of the, as one of those mean Twitter people said, the last off ramp. Um, all the people banking on a big fall. I don't think we're going to have the same buyer activity. Yeah. So I'm going to throw my hat in the ring here because you know two of you. Have- kind of sitting on the fence. Um, here, here's here's my take on it, is that I believe that if they do uh, punch it up by a quarter point, it has to be f- uh, followed with a narrative of what happens next. Because if they don't, that is where we're going to see the decline in the market. If we hear that they're going to say, and it looks like that's it for the year, you know, because right now you've got, you know, the bank account, whenever they meet, they try to forecast for the next meeting, the next meeting, the next meeting. If they turn around and say, look, it looks like this is going to be it, then I think you will see the market continue. won't have the same robustness that you were, were projecting if it's not, but I do believe that it'll keep creeping forward. I think if they don't make the narrative, if they turn around and they threaten it one more time, yeah, we're going to have some serious issues. Now, the other thing, though, of course, is that since the market's done what it's done, it has shaken out a lot of people in the variable rates. You know, right now, the hottest mortgage product is the two and three years, right? People Absolutely. are locking in. Yep. So we don't see the variable, Tim, like we did last year. Not at all. So there's not as many people that are going to get baked by this extra quarter point. Except all the renewals. Yeah, but I want, well, I'll make a comment about that. Yeah, that's a lower number because of 2019. Yeah, but I'll make a comment about that. The amount of the conversations we've had in our offices, we, I've asked that question because, you know, I, lo- I love the survey, you know, during our hour on the market. Um, the amount of mortgages that are being renewed at two years and going from 15-year amortization to 30 is off the charts, yep. right? Yep. So, I mean, I want people to realize that that's happening a lot, right? So it's not and as it's an bad. Option. It's an option and it's not as bad. The banks are working with, you know, consumers. Yep. It's a great thing. As you said earlier, this is not a purchase at 2022. It's a purchase at 2018 or 19, yep. right? So there is a different uh, debt there compared to what it could have been. Um, you know, 18 was not a good year. I want to make sure that everybody kind of thinks about that for a second. Okay. It was half the sales that we had the year prior, you know, previous. Oh, you mean post your leadership? Uh, yeah, I, I brought the market down. Remember, that's a joke that I've always made. Yeah, I know, that's but, but not only did that happen post my leadership, I also bought a property in office yeah. and I actually renovated it during the worst time. <laughs> you know, so I watched- Great it. instincts. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, yeah, this is this is the reality of what's going on too. Yeah. So final thought, Brent? You know, I think that we've been on a wild ride since COVID. I think that when lockdown first happened and I was hearing from friends who work for developers that the real, there were 
meetings happening amongst the developers about what they were going to do with all the people who would not be able to close on their pre-constructions because they were, you know, sitting at home. Um, yet the market rallied like crazy. I mean, free money certainly helped it. But we have had over the last three years the most wild roller coaster and so many points at which we thought we knew what was coming and it all, you know, all hope was lost. And yet there was there is a resiliency um, to the Toronto market. Um, I won't, you know, that's the market I know, but more broadly, like we Canadian real estate is humming right along, even with, you know, the highs and the lows. So I don't know that anyone should be making predictions because every time we think we have it summed up, something new happens. Yeah. Well, listen, it's great having the two of you here this week. Um, I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to be back next week, Sunday, of course. (laughs) That one I can probably make sure. But Tim, great to see you. Great to have you back in the country. Bryn, thank you so much again coming in, you know, um, and looking forward to having the two of you back next month. And, uh, you know, folks, it's uh, it's a real pleasure having professionals uh, like uh, Tim and Bryn join me for something like this because it's really exciting to actually get a perspective of people that practice and live this stuff every single day. Um, speaking of day, tomorrow's the big day for those of you that uh, were part of the Simple Seminar. You know, thanks once again for joining me. It was absolutely awesome. Hundreds of people, you know, tuned in to hear, you know, the way I kind of go off about real estate and where we're going, but more importantly, about our new offering. Um, tomorrow, when you sign up at 9 a.m., that's right. We are doing that full mortgage buy down to make it uh, into a 3.99% for two years tomorrow only. So 9 a.m., go to the simpleinvestor.com. You'll be able to register and very exciting positive cash flow for the next few years. We're going to help you surf through this uh, economic problem that the Bank of Canada continues to do. And as you know, my biggest thing is I think uh, if there's real estate out there, you should be the ones that own it. Okay. Because in a few years, it's going to make it a lot harder and there'll be a lot less of it to own. So Anyways, um, that's it. I want, do want to thank Omar, uh, my producer in-house. He kept it simple for me this week, as he always done. More importantly, I want to thank you for tuning in, making us the number one real estate talk show. And again, as I mentioned, I'll be back next week. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.